0: Evan is just going to have Oh, okay, for you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's 1159, so I can say that. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. How's everybody's week been? All right, so is everybody settled? Everybody's in their chair? Everybody's good? Out of respect for me, but more so out of respect for God. Can we just all commit to the next 20, 30 minutes, however long it takes for me to get through this. Can we all just commit to just like attention here, right? Can we just commit to listening to God's word, whatever it is that I share with you guys today, assuming that it's directly from the Lord. Can we like, don't bug your friends, don't nod them, don't show them something on your phone, put your phone away. And just bring your attention here. Not for me, right? But out of respect for God, right? And if you honestly feel that you can't do that, I understand. We all get antsy. Things happen. But just excuse yourself, right? Because, you know, for those of you guys who've never been on this side, I applaud everybody who comes up and give testimonies because that's, you know, that's a lot. But being on this end and, you know, having to preach or having to give the word of God, it's not that it's hard, but it's that you know you're already you're already in a position where you know the devil doesn't like what you're doing and there's a lot of opposition sort of in the spiritual realm so the last thing you need is any bit of distraction or any inclination that people are not paying attention or people are not listening okay so that's just my request for everybody now this afternoon amen, amen. Before I go into the word for today, I do want to share a testimony, um, pretty, pretty generic testimony overall, just wanting to thank God for his goodness, like just God being so good, guys, like God is extremely good. I don't know where, you know, sometimes we go off thinking that God is not good or God is like scary and God is distant and God is like a tyrant, right? Like no, God is so good and I really, really, really from the bottom of my heart want to stand up here and proclaim that and I want to thank God for that because um, as you, some of you know, um, I was, uh, I had a, a pretty bad back injury um, not too long ago and you wouldn't guess by looking at me today, um, I have been on a lot of pain medicine and I've stopped taking them because I think I'm pretty like healed um, but at one point Um, I, like, woke up, and I couldn't get out of bed because I was in so much pain. Um, Leslie was over. Leslie had to dress me. Like, she literally had to put clothes on me because I couldn't get myself dressed to go to the emergency room. Like, my siblings were there for me, but it was a very painful experience. And even going to the hospital and being in the emergency room, you know, they put you on the gurney. They're taking you to the different... Um, places to get your blood work and your x-rays and so you pass a lot of people who are in the hospital who are also miserable and it really just like humbles you because you're like dang like we take our health for granted like just just being able to walk and stretch and all that stuff and so I really want to thank God also for our health all of our health and I want to thank God for our parents my parents especially Um, I, I always say this like my parents are not They're not perfect people. Our parents guys are not perfect people, but the fact that they have given us this, like they wake us up on Sundays, they bring us to church. You guys have no idea. They may not be able to buy you your first car when you're 16. They may not be able to give you all the things in the world that you want, but the fact that your parents have given you this, like the word of God, they've given you like church, they've given you like exposure to this, Like, by the time you get to my age and as you get older, you'll realize that this is the most valuable thing. Like, nothing crosses this. So I don't want you guys to take that for granted either. I don't want you to take your parents for granted. Um, So I want to thank God for for them as well, all right? So let's just um, bow our heads. I'm going to open us up into prayer and um, jump right into the word for today. Father, in the name of Jesus. I want to thank you so much for bringing us to such a time like this. Thank you for everybody, every soul, God, that is in this room this afternoon. Thank you for gathering us here, O Lord, waking us up, giving us the strength, O God, and just the ability to come here to worship you and serve you. We thank you so much for that, God. We pray and ask that today... You come, Lord, and you sit here amongst us, O Lord, that you speak through me, Father God, that you touch everybody's heart, Father God, that everybody leaves with something, O Lord, that they can take and apply to their life, they can take and encourage somebody else with, Father God, and they can take, Father God, to give glory back to you. This is what we ask for today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. Amen. So um, today... I uh, just kind of want to talk a little bit about heaven, right? I want to talk about like, uh, in a very practical sense, like heaven, right? And I want to talk about our faith and our walk as Christians and what's required of us really to get to heaven. Because I think there's a little bit of a misconception in the body of Christ that all we have to do is, like, come to church, or all we have to do is say we're a Christian, or all we have to do is all we have to do. Um, And so while it's very, very simple, right, the, the gospel is a very, very, I think, simple calling, I do think that we are required to do a lot more than what we think. Um, and I say this because a lot of people, probably the majority of people in this room, I'll be very honest with you, and you can be honest with yourself, the majority of people in this room, no matter how young or old you are, probably are not even 100% sure that you're going to heaven. And to me, that's a little bit concerning, because we are believers, like we're Christians, we're believers, we believe in, in, in Jesus Christ, we believe he's the son of God. But then at the same time, we question whether or not we're going to make it into eternity with this God or this maker or this, this uh, being that we worship, right? So to me, that's a really big contradiction. And I wanna make sure that by the time we leave service today, everybody is, I mean, everybody, you may not be sure about whether or not you're gonna get into heaven, but everybody will be sure about what it takes to get into heaven. Because these days, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people like to sort of water down the gospel. They like to water down, you know, what it takes, what, what's required of us. And, you know, they just kind of want to go with the flow. Like, whatever works, you know, I'm, you know, I come to church, you know, I pray, I read my Bible. Um, and I just want to make sure, again, that everybody is really clear. Like, by the time I leave here today, I'm going to know what I need to do to secure my spot in heaven, okay? Um, And it's actually, it is pretty simple, right? But again, it's very important. It's crucial that we understand these things. So if we could just turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. I'll go through just a few scriptures. It's Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to start at verse, let's see, um, let's start at verse 15. And if I could have someone boldly read that. Matthew chapter 7 verse 15. Thank you. God bless you. Matthew chapter 7 verse 15. Yes. Uh, and, and read it to uh, verse 16. Uh, watch out for false prophets... They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Amen. Thank you. All right, so that's number one, guys. And, and, and this, is, this is my sort of my really short list of what I think we can use as yardsticks to sort of measure. Like, all right. Am I really a Christian? Like, have I really secured my spot in heaven? Like, does is this is this really what's happening with me? Um, number one, you will know them by their fruit. Now, this the context here is talking specifically about false prophets, but I believe it applies to all of us, right? Because there are false prophets and there are false Christians, right? You will know them by their fruit, right? Like, it's not about what you say, right? It's not about like how you present yourself. It's not about what people see and what they think and what they assume. It's about the fruit that you bear, right? So um, I just want a couple of people tell me like, what are some of the fruits of the spirit if you remember? And it doesn't have to be specifically from the Bible, but as a believer, what do you think are characteristics that, that Christians are supposed to have and display to show that, okay, they're a Christian? What, what are some of those fruits? Don't be shy. Just, just holler them out. Honesty. Honest, you have to be honest. Self-control. Self-control. Yes. Selflessness. I'm sorry? Selflessness. Selflessness. God bless you. What else? Love. Patience. God bless you. Love. Love. Peace. Huge. Peace. What else? Kindness. Kindness. What else? Humble. Humility. What else? righteousness, perseverance. What else? Faithfulness. 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 That's fine. That's fine. God bless you. What else? Guys, give me some more. I mean, the girls are kind of smoking you right now. What else? Optimism. Okay, optimism. Yes, we should be optimistic. Faithful is probably a synonym for that. What else? Truthfulness. Okay. You said honesty, but okay, we'll give you that. (laughs) What else? Responsible, gentleness, patience, you said? Determination. Okay. Mindfulness. Okay, so now you guys are kind of, you know, you're you are you have really touched on um, some of the big ones, um, but ultimately, guys, like there's fruit that we bear as a result of our declaration of being a Christian, right? Because imagine, imagine going to heaven and you don't you don't have any of those character any right. You don't display any of those characteristics and you try to go into heaven and you can't live at peace with people, or you try to go to heaven and you don't love people, or you try to go to heaven and you have an unforgiving heart, or you try to go to heaven and you hate, or you try to steal. or you try to lie. Like a lot lot of these things, especially when the Bible talks about like, like, exercising your faith and bearing these fruits, a lot of these things are more so like to prepare us for heaven, right? Because in our flesh, as we are right now, we couldn't we couldn't make it into heaven right we couldn't like we're so sinful in our nature we couldn't do that all by ourselves right so we need the blood of Jesus Christ right and we need to be able to exercise his teachings right to show and display the things that he's telling us to do especially when he's telling us to bear the fruits right and and this is this is where your your faith is really tested right because we know this we read it You guys have just uttered it out to me, so I know it's in your brain, but how many of us are actually living it? Like when push comes to shove and things get challenging and we get into an argument maybe with our friends or with a family member or with a teacher, or we get frustrated with the things of life, like how many of us are actually living it. Right. And what I'm telling you today is that like, if you're trying to go through that checklist, like, all right, am I going to heaven? Am I prepared for heaven? Like, am I a Christian? This has got to be one of those things that you hammer down. Right. And it doesn't matter how young you are. Right. Because God can come at any time. I remember how many of you guys are in seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade okay a few of you guys when i was your guys's age i cannot make this up when i was your age right now i'm 26 but when i was your age i used to come home from or from from school i used to come home from school it was like a period of like six months i don't know what it was i think it was it was some transitional point in my life where I was coming to church just like you guys, I'm listening to probably Bishop and Uncle Albert and Uncle Ben and everybody. And I'm like, yeah, 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 church, I'm a Christian, I'm good. But something happens to me around sixth or around seventh and eighth grade where I really, I get curious. I'm like, all right, so what is this, what is this God really all about? And I really start to like seek God for myself, and I put my face in the Word, and I every day after school for several hours, I would go downstairs to my basement in my dad's house, and I would just pray. I would pray for hours. I would seek God for hours, and I would read my Bible for hours. I'm talking six months every day, probably like I mean Leslie. I don't know. Like Leslie and Dana would. I mean they were kids, but they like Olivia and Olivia, are you okay? Like I would just be in there, just praying praying like, God, where are you? Like, God, I want to encounter you. God, I want to experience you because God, I want, the, I, I want to know what this is about. Like, I, I want this to be very real for me. I don't want this to be like surface level, like just come to church, you hear the word, you go home. And like, I, I knew that wasn't going to get me to heaven. That wasn't going to get me to change my life. That wasn't going to get me to change who I was as a person. I knew that I had to seek God, right? And honestly they tell you as you get older you kind of lose you know it's not that you lose the time but you get busier right things happen granted i'm not married i don't have kids but but the opportunity that i had when i was younger to go downstairs after school and pray for hours i don't have that right now right and I always say this to this day, like those prayers, those moments where I was really seeking the face of God. That is what has sustained me even to this day. It's it's so crazy because I remember as I was saying those prayers, I was like, God, please don't ever leave my side. Like, please, even even when I stray away or even when I, you know, seem to kind of like you know get curious and I seek the things of like, always pull me back, right? And God has been faithful and He's maintained His promise to me. But I had to get to that point where I had to really like try to figure out what, what was it about this faith that was so different? And I wanted that experience because once I had the experience, my life was transformed. Right. And I was able to actually not only read, like read and know and understand and have the knowledge of the word, but I was able to apply it in my life. And like, I kid, like my siblings will tell you, they always, they always refer to the days they, they think it's like, I don't think they realize this, but they refer to those days when like they were younger, I was younger to my Helga days. They call me Helga. Because like those days, I was really mean. I was a very mean person. I was always very angry, I was always very agitated. Like whenever you see Daniel or Leslie, ask them. Like it's an inside joke, but now I'm making it public. Like they call it my Helga days. Like I was I was not cute at all, all right? I was not a very nice person. And I don't again. I don't really know what what the turning point was for me. But after I spent that like time of just fasting and praying and seeking God, those Helga days were over. I blossomed into someone very kind and beautiful and loving. And 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 those became the characteristics that I began to show and display. And not only do I I show those the, like bear those fruits, but. I also encourage people to do it all the time. You know, if I have a friend who's maybe really upset about something, want to lash out, they want to, I just, you know, calm down, relax. Like, let's think about this. Like, let's forgive the person or let's figure out a way that we can resolve this issue without bursting out in anger, without doing something that might be sinful or without doing something that might be contrary to what the word of God tells us to do, right? And that's really, it's a really hard thing to do. Because in the heat of the moment when you're really upset or you're really angry, like you do just want to like be a human being. You want to like act out in your flesh. You want to pop off. You want to X, Y, and Z. But guys, we're, like, remember, we're, we're trying to get somewhere. We're trying to get to heaven. This is not like we're not just here just like being reactive to our environment. Like we have to think a little bit, like take a step back, breathe, like pray, think about it, and then react. Right? and react in such a way that Christ would react in such a way that bears the fruit of the spirit. And if you got that part down packed, then you can move over to the next thing. If you guys wouldn't mind turning your Bibles over to Romans chapter 8, verse 15 to 16. Romans 8, 15 to 16. And if I could have someone bold read those two verses... Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. For that which I do, I love not. For what I would, that I do not. For what I hate, that I do, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law, that it is good. Thank you. I don't know if that was the scripture that I was trying to get at, but thank you so much, Stephen, for reading that. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 15. I'm gonna read my version. Yeah, Romans 8, verse 15. So, Stephen, I think you read something else, but it's okay. It's all good. It's all Bible. We all need it. My version here, Romans 8, chapter 15, says So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So the second thing, the second sort of yardstick that you can use to measure whether or not you're really a believer, whether or not you're really going to heaven, is whether or not the Holy Spirit testifies on your behalf that you are a believer. The Holy Spirit. You guys, we can't like we can't escape that part of this walk, uh, you know, of this faith, right? Because it's easy for us to only apply what makes sense to us in the Bible, right? A lot of people don't understand the concept of the Holy Spirit, they don't understand the purpose of the Holy Spirit, and maybe one of these days we'll do like a breakdown of that. But the Holy Spirit is a very necessary part of this walk and of this journey the holy spirit you guys when you give your life to christ com- like completely the holy spirit like literally comes and lives in you like dwells inside of you right and that's that's a really really big indicator guys because a lot of people like not to get too deep into things i don't really understand too much about the book of revelations i don't really understand too much about end times maybe one day bishop can give us a series on that but some people say that what's likely to happen is that during the rapture, right, like the holy spirit that lives in believers, right, will identify with Christ or wh- whatever it is that like sucks the souls out of those who are being raptured to go to heaven, right? So if that's true, like you really want to make sure that the holy spirit is living inside of you because then that's kind of like your access pass, that's like your ticket Into heaven, or at least during the rapture, right? Um, And there's a lot of theories about how that's supposed to happen, and um, you know, none of that, by the way, is supposed to scare anybody. Because, like, part of what I'm preaching on today is that, like, like God is so good; He's the most beautiful thing, the most beautiful option that you could have in this life and in this world. And because He's good, like, like He just can do no wrong, right? He can do no wrong. So whatever happens right? Especially when you're joined to him, especially when the Holy Spirit lives in you, like nothing that happens is really bad because the Bible already makes clear that he turns all those things for your good. So, you know, if you guys are kind of like scared about end times and scared about this and that, you know, you just really want to make sure that you, you, you do some, some prayer and some reading to really understand Um, who God is and his nature, right? Because yes, we are to fear him, but we're also supposed to desire to be with him, right? And so for believers, for Christians the idea of there being a rapture, or the idea of the world ending, or the idea of spending eternity with heaven doesn't make them scared. It actually brings them a lot of peace and satisfaction, especially when you're aware of all the things that happen on the dark side, all the things that the devil is doing to try to pull people with him to the gates of hell, all the evil and the wickedness that resides on this earth. I mean, you couldn't even begin to fathom it. Like, if you can imagine it, Like the worst evil that you could possibly think of. If you could imagine it, somebody has done it. And that's the kind of evil that exists in this world. And so the idea that we have a God that one day will bring to justice all those people, all that wickedness, is very, very peaceful and it's very, very calming and soothing. But the idea that the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us is a result of us professing or proclaiming that you know, we are believers, so that we've accepted Jesus Christ to come in our lives. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit really, like, living in us and abiding in us is to help us on this journey, right? Like, I'm going to try to break it down for you guys. It might be a little bit confusing, but the idea is, like, nobody by their own works could ever make it into heaven. Like, we're just, we're just not good enough, Right? Um, and in fact, I want a few volunteers. Can I get three volunteers to come up here? Three bold volunteers. Like I wanna, I'm tr- i trying to explain it, but I think maybe the visual will be a little bit helpful. So three bold volunteers. Okay, Stacey, come on up. Thank you, Stephen. And yeah, come on up. Thank you very much. Leslie, I'll utilize you as well, but hold that thought. All right, three people. All right, so let's just say, all right, you guys stand here. God bless. You. And what's your name? Kevin. Kevin. God bless you. All right, so we have three people here, right? So we're going to we're gonna bring Stephen over here. Stephen, come on this side. Stephen's gonna stand right here, and Stephen is going to represent Jesus Christ. Okay? Stephen is gonna represent holiness, like perfection. Okay? And you know, you guys can like chuckle or whatever based on what you know about Stephen. But this is what he represents, <laughs> okay? This is what he represents today. He is Christ. He is holy. He is perfect. Stacy is going to come on the far end with me because I love Stacey and she's the greatest person in the world. She's actually going to represent Satan today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Come I know. I on. Come on. I know. I know. So Stacy's going to represent Satan here on the far end, okay? And Kevin is going to represent us, okay, um, because... Here, so so here is kind of like the middle point, right? The podium is the middle point. Stacy's all the way like down, you know, over there, represents Satan. Stephen represents our loving Christ over there. And Kevin kind of represents us. And so at any given point in our life, Kevin, just follow me, okay? At any given point in our lives, like we kind of, like we're Kevin, so we kind of like drift over here on this side, we're like pursuing God, you know, we're pursuing Christ, and then sometimes we kind of get like a little distracted and so we're moving back here (laughs) and we get closer to, you know, the things that we're not supposed to do and then like freeze. Let's just say like right here, right now, the rapture happens or God comes, right? Or God forbid, our life ends, right? And at this very point in time, We've got to, like, you know, God has to make determination on where we're going, right? And so the whole thing about today's preaching is, like, are we going to make it into heaven, right? So this is, this is the middle point, like we said, and poor Kevin is on this side. Where do you think Kevin is going? All right? Because he's on this side, right? He's, he's leaning a little bit more to this side. But let's say for me, being Olivia, I prayed when I was younger, I came to church, I gave sermons, I encouraged you guys, I was so great, I was so awesome. I made my way over here. <laughs> 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 ah, ah, I said go over there. <laughs> nice try, Kevin. So Kevin is on that side, you know, sadly, you know, things aren't working out over there. But I'm over here. You know, obviously I'm not perfect, so, you know, like, but but I'm over here. Where am I going? Okay. And so this, this is a really, really important illustration because I want you guys to understand this. Like, and it, it, it really, it was important for me to get this because it changed my whole approach about my Christian walk and my Christian faith, right? Like where Kevin is standing is not good enough, right? Where he's standing is not good enough. And you guys said that where I'm standing is, right? But, but the whole point of this preaching today, guys, is to show you that where I'm standing is not good enough either, right? Where I'm standing, I'm going over there with Stacy, right? The only standard, the only thing that will get you into heaven is if you're all the way over here. All the way, guys. Like, not even, like, right here. Like, like not even. Like, all the way over here, right? And what I'm telling you is that, like, on our own, we can't do that. I already told you, like, I come to church, I've been praying since I was a little girl, I preach, I do all these things, like, but I still sin, right? You guys don't see, but I still fall short of the glory of God every single day. So I'm never going to get here, right? And since that's the standard, like, all of us, we're all doomed. Like, Satan is just like, woo, like, field day, we're all going over there, right? Until Jesus Christ comes in the picture, Right? And and Christ, knowing and understanding that we don't have the capacity to ever get to that point, Christ just, like, you know, tells us to just follow me. Follow me, right? And Christ is here, and I'm following him, and we're all running after him, and we're following him, right? Not that we are him, right? Not that by our own good deeds or our own good works we're able to get here. But Christ is just saying, follow me follow me. And the significance of the Holy Spirit testifying that we are children of God is that the Holy Spirit lives in us. And so the Holy Spirit is helping us, right? As we're following Christ, right, we get certain convictions about things. The things that we used to do when we were kind of dancing and going back and forth between the world and and, um, God, we no longer do anymore. Because now we know that, look, like, I've been given a really, really, really great gift. Because right? I could have never made it here on my own. Right? Christ came into the picture. All I have to do is follow him. All I have to do is obey him. And in doing that, I do get to make it into heaven. Now there's no question. Like, um, I'm not really sure. I'm not like, because I already know, like, if it's up to me, I'm not going to get into heaven. I already know that, right? I'm not going to get into heaven. But the significance of the Holy Spirit is that it comes and dwells inside of us. So that whenever you're faced with that temptation, whenever you're faced with that challenge, like you don't have to face it on your own. Like you're really not alone in that. It's hard, it's challenging because our flesh is weak and sometimes we do give in. But the Holy Spirit is what encourages us. Get up and pray, get up and do this. Like go and, and talk to this person. Go. Like The Holy Spirit directs us, right? The Holy Spirit is what tells us. Like, move in this direction, like head over here, the Holy Spirit alerts us like, you know, we're having too, too much fun and we're being oblivious, some of us are going to college and we just, you know, we're kind of drifting or whatever, Holy Spirit is going to call you right back, right? Because even though our good friend Kevin was on this side, right, as long as he's on this pursuit, as long as he's listening to that, that the spirit of God, as long as he's following Christ, right, it doesn't matter where he stands on that spectrum because Christ would have already plucked him and moved him, right? The Holy Spirit testifying that this is a son or daughter of Christ. Right? Thank you guys so much for your help. Uh, And of course of course the last thing the last thing that I that I think you know, that, that visual really just helps to secure is that the word of God says it. It, it says it, right? John 3, 16, but I don't even have to pull up the verse because we all, we all know what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him, whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, right? when you believe in him, right? The Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of you, right? And so you're not perfect. You will fall. You will make mistakes, right? But you're on this constant pursuit and you'll see, you'll see yourself changing. You should see yourself changing because now all of a sudden instead of bearing bad fruit, right? You're bearing good fruit. And the fruit that you're bearing is parallel or synonymous to the things of God, right? And all of a sudden, you see yourself getting better. All of a sudden, the things of the world no longer, like, excite you. Like, there's nothing satisfying about those things. Sex, drugs, alcohol, partying, like, all of that, like, being mean, being nasty, fighting, like, gossiping, arguing, stealing, lying, all of those things are just, like, They're not cute, it's not something that you even want to engage in because now you've been exposed to the beautiful things of God. And because God has become so real to you, the Holy Spirit has come to dwell inside of you. You put all of your trust, you lean on him in everything, right? Because if you think about it, a lot of the sin that we commit is is almost like the way I like to think about it, it's almost like our way of shunning God out of our lives, Right? Because if we steal, isn't that us kind of taking matters into our own hands and not trusting God to provide, right? If I really want this thing, why do I need to steal it if I serve a God who already owns it and I know he can give it to me in his due time, right? Why would I need to steal it, right? if I'm lying about something, right? It's because I'm afraid of the outcome, right? I'm afraid that the outcome will somehow get me in trouble or it's, you know, but if I serve a mighty God who sees the end from the beginning, why don't I trust that he will use my truth, right, for my good, right? No matter what the circumstances are, to stand in that place of truth and honesty and living that honest life, right, so that God can then use it for my good right when we when we identify ourselves with the things of the world or when we separate ourselves from the things of God we make our life into chaos right more problems and challenges arise right but when we abide ourselves with the things of God and of Christ then it doesn't necessarily erase or eradicate our problems or our challenges but now all of a sudden we have this peace that surpasses the understanding of man like people are like there's a lot going on with you, but you seem really happy. You seem really positive. Like You seem you seem like you've got like good energy, right? And it's not just good energy. It's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. And it's the Holy Spirit that you identify with, right? And it's the, the same thing that convicts you whenever you're thinking about doing something bad, but ultimately you know you shouldn't be doing it, right? Those three things, I believe, right, are great starting points, great sort of like benchmarks that we can use to assess, okay, am I really a Christian, right? And then after that, like, am I really gonna go to heaven, right? It's, it's, it's really, really important, really crucial, and really, really critical that we ask ourselves these questions all the time, right? Because that's, that's the purpose and the essence of this life, right, like, don't get me wrong, like, God, he put us here for a purpose, right? And I, I always like to say, like, when I was younger, I was I like loved Barbie dolls. I loved playing with Barbie dolls, and I loved having like all the different Barbie doll sets. Um, I remember like one of my friends who lived down the street. She had like uh, she had like Ken and Barbie like swimming edition. She had Ken and Barbie like home like edition. So they had their little kitchen. They had a car. They had fake Barbie food. Um, they even had they even came out with a very limited edition where like Barbie had a magnetic like pregnancy belly and in that belly was like a little tiny like Barbie baby inside of it. So I remember like I do, I remember like being a little girl and loving, enjoying to play with Barbies and controlling them. And I remember how excited I got when I took my Barbies to the like the bathroom sink. I would clog the sink and then turn it like like kind of flood it a little bit, put my Barbies in their bathing suit and then jump them in. Like I love doing all that. I love like having a fake like Barbie birth with the fake little I love it. I love like having my Barbie girl come home, kiss Ken, make dinner. I love doing that, right? It just got me thinking like like God God loves seeing us live, right? He loves seeing us thrive. Like I'm a human being playing with Barbies, how much more a God in heaven who created us and loves us like he loves to see us do well. He loves to see us thrive. He loves us, you know, loves to see us get together in fellowship. He loves to see us going to amusement parks. He loves celebrating when we graduate, when we get married, like all these really good like, milestones. He loves and enjoys that. And so I don't want to take that away from you guys in terms of like the purpose of this life, that like, you know, you just need to go to your basement every day and pray, and pray and pray and pray and pray and fast and do all those. Like, live, right? Live and enjoy life and experience life because God loves witness that, right? And God loves taking our story. Like for a lot of us, you know, we have single parents or we have parents who struggled maybe who came to America trying to give us a better life. And a lot of us are graduating. We're going to school. We're going to do great things and bring glory back to our life. God loves that. God loves stories like that. Stories of redemption, stories of triumph. And he's still doing it to this day. And he's going to do it with you and he's going to do it with me. He's already in the works of doing that, right? Right? But in that process, as you're living, as you're thriving, as you fall, right, as you have your setbacks, as you experience tragedy and heartbreak and difficult times and trials, like bring him into that whole process. Because as much as he loves us, he wants to be a part of those experiences. He wants to be a part of those, tri- you know, of those trials. And, and not so much so that we can say, oh, God is the one who caused this, but so that we can give him the glory and say, God is the one who brought me out of this, right? And so ultimately, as you go through life and as you experience these things, then the question of like, am I going to heaven? Am I the-? Like that doesn't even become a question. You are already so bound and connected to your father. You are so bound and connected to the maker that there's, it's not a question about that. Now, all you're concerned about is living, right? Giving him glory in everything that you do through everybody that you meet, giving him glory so that at the final day of judgment, he will look to you and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what this is about, right? That's what this is about. And then recognizing that that statement could never have been given to us without the atonement and the death of Jesus Christ. So every day as we're living, as we're pursuing that like that final word from God, we're giving thanks to God because it's like, God, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm heading, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without you, Christ. right? So that's what I want you guys to take with you today. I want you guys to hold on to that, and I want you guys to remember it. And and you know, there are a lot of other things in the Bible that point to heaven or that point to Christ that I didn't quite mention, but those are the ones that I sort of use in my own walk and my own journey to sort of help me get to the place and point where I'm like, you know, come hell or high water, whatever happens, you know, whatever, you know, whatever I'm wherever I may fall short, right? I know that God is holding me, I know that he's carrying me, and I know that he's ultimately going to see me through. And I want that to be your assertion, I want that to be your statement. No matter how young you are, you middle schoolers, you high schoolers, college students, wherever you have time, wherever you have the opportunity to pray to get to know God, to just like like to just be curious, like I want to know what this God is about, I want to know what this faith is about, right I want to know why. Everything in mainstream media seems to try to target Christians or target Christianity or target the faith and try to, like, swing people away from it, right? Why aren't they doing that with any other faith, right? Why are Christians getting persecuted all over the world? Like, why? Like, just just get curious and ask yourself these questions and ask God these questions and ask to sort of encounter God um, and seek him for himself. Amen? All right. So before I wrap up, who can tell me? The three things, they can go out of order. You can shout them out. The three things that I said you can use to figure out whether or not you're a believer or if you're going to heaven. Fruit was one. God bless you. Fruit was one. The fruit like bearing the fruit of the spirit. That's how we know that we're believers, right? Do you bear the fruit of the spirit? Are we prepared for heaven as we do that? What are two other things, guys? Thank you. The Holy Spirit testifying, right? That's like that's a big one, guys. Don't neglect that. Don't neglect the prayer asking for the Holy Spirit to live inside of you, guys. I remember like when I used to pray those prayers. I'm like, Holy Spirit, you cannot leave me, right? Some cases, it's the Holy Spirit that is with you in the middle of like a tragedy or a calamity. Abna, where are you? Uh, like in the middle of a tragedy or calamity, like the Holy Spirit is like. Like, whatever, whatever evil sort of exists or abides around you, like, that evil sees the whole, trust me, like, in the spiritual realm, they can see the spirit that lives in us, right? If you're a bad spirit, easy. They tag to you, take over, whatever, they do whatever they want with you. The Holy Spirit, they back out. They know this is a child of God. I cannot touch him or her, right? So whenever tragedy comes around, you'll get into an accident. You'll walk out untouched, like you'll be in the middle of or in, in sort of the vicinity of a very critical like situation, and and nothing will happen to you, right? You will see yourself walking out in all these miraculous situations. It'll be so. It'll be so strange, but it'll be it will be so. Like, clearly, God, right? Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, right? Testifies that we are children of God. And what was the last thing? Easy. Last thing. That's what the word of God says. It, the Bible says it, right? The Bible says it. Already does, like, 50% of the work. Like, Christ, he did the work. He died on the cross. Like, whosoever believes in me will have everlasting life. Like, that's really assuring. I don't have to ask myself, like, am I going to hell? The Bible says it. All I have to do is believe in him and make sure that I bear the fruit, make sure that the Holy Spirit lives in me so that when that time does happen, then, you know, God can recognize it. Amen? Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you so much for the word that came. Thank you, God, for using me as a tool and a vessel to just communicate your message to your children this afternoon. God, we love you and we thank you so much for the gift of salvation that you've given us. And we pray, O God, asking that you help us, O Lord, to take it and run with it, God, that we exercise our faith in such a manner, God, that we display and bear the fruits of the Spirit, Father God, that the Holy Spirit is evidently, clearly living inside of us, and that we keep ourselves connected to your word so that we remember that ultimately it is your word that confirms our spot in heaven. We thank you so much for the work that you've done. And we ask Almighty God that you help us to do our part every day, praying, reading our Bible, pursuing you, even in the highs and the lows of our life, Father God, so that ultimately you can take glory out of the story of our life. We love you and we thank you. We pray that this message will be tattooed on our hearts, O God, ingrained in our minds, O God. And let us not be shy from proclaiming it and speaking it to others and encouraging others with it. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you once again. Amen. 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 God bless you guys.